0: Jim Rowan, how you going? 21st of March, 2021. Back at it again on a rainy day. Uh, And we've got more New Japan Cup to cover, of course. I'm going to go through the second round and the quarterfinals on this one. And then I will hopefully be back again very quickly to finish off the tournament with a uh, with the semi finals and final, but um, plenty of content for today, I do have a bit of news as well um, actually, I guess I should start with thanking I, I I ended the last podcast with thanks to a few people that had reached out and uh, given me some constructive criticism to do with this little Project I've got going on here, and then there was one other person uh, that commented a bit later and said something to the effect of, "Oh yeah, I I remember seeing this posted somewhere else, and as soon as I saw the YouTube picture, I just clicked straight out of it," <laughs> which is fair enough. It's pretty ugly. It's uh, it's pretty basic. That's kind of what I like about it, is that it's really pathetic looking, and the podcast is called Wrestle Me Weekly, which is also, you know, like weak wrestling, also kind of pathetic. I think it just goes with the mood. But it did prompt me to once again look into my audio-only options, and I found, what did I find? What's it called? Anchor. And Anchor made it easy. This isn't an ad. <laughs> this is just I, I threw everything up on I should I should pull it up actually. Anchor.fm jim dash Rowan R O H A N WrestleMe Weekly. There it is. All of the episodes are up there and I will continue to upload them there and then they appear on Spotify. They're supposed to appear on a Google podcast, but it's not up yet. Google takes their time with that. Radio Public, is that up yet? Radio Public. If you've got the Radio Public app, you can listen to me talk about this stuff. If you have Breaker, that's another one. B-R-E-A-K-E-R. And then there's Pocket Casts. Open in-pocket cast. I don't even know what half these things are, people. But Anchor made it easy, so I really appreciate that. I just uploaded it in one place, and then they just kept sending me emails. Hey, we've uploaded it here now. I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, and I think it looks a bit better, because... Look, it was constructive criticism. It... I get it. I get that you go on YouTube, you expect to see something. But um, as I said to that person, this was only ever really... Particularly, you know, in the opening stages of it. This was my intention was only ever really to be um doing it audio only. So yeah, in any case. Oh the rain. The rains are here. Uh yeah. So um I just wanted to mention that. If you would prefer not to watch this on YouTube and watch it on an actual podcast app or website, then there you go, Spotify. Pocket Casts, Radio Public Breaker, soon-to-be Google Podcasts. um, And Anchor itself is a place you can do it. Uh, Listen to this. So there you go. Like I said, continuous progression, moving up in the world. Appreciate you if you're along for the ride. Uh, Speaking of which, um, Soham, the comments from last week appreciate talking to you appreciate you pointing out the curl toe boots i thought that khan wore those i was right i didn't see i don't think i saw any of his rev pro stuff though so i feel like he must have brought them in to new japan for maybe his first little while like maybe just his first couple of weeks he was wearing them something like that but um yeah, appreciate the uh, the kind words as well. So, Ham, um, I hope I'm saying that right. But enough of this. Wafflin, let's get into it. I uh, I have to go back to the 11th, 10 days ago, for the first of the second round matches in the New Japan Cup. But, of course, I will also go through what happens on the undercards just briefly. I don't want this to be as long as last week's one. I don't want to send you all to sleep. I'd like you to listen to all of it. So um, it started with Yodosuji David Finley versus Yoshihashi Tomohiro Ishii. Once again, this is the 11th of March. Item Ihaime. That's um, probably better off having not attempted that, actually. Uh, But that's where they are on the 11th of March uh, Yoda Suji, David Finley Yoshihashi Tomohiro Ishii and in this one Ishii hits Suji with a lariat to keep him down after a lengthier than usual struggle in this one and Finley and after this match that that kept Suji down that was the finish the lariat and then Finley and Yoshi uh, sit cross-legged facing each other on the apron trying to communicate it's not quite the aggressive face-off or square-off that you often see, but uh, they're nice guys. After the match, Tsuji, uh, lo- he was talking about losing his New Japan Cup match, but so did Naito, so he must be no occupado again. He won't stop asking for that match, he says. Finley is mad, again, and in a contrived way, as always. He shouts about his success after losing a match, again. He's meant to be a babyface, but he's such a whiner. And then Yoshi comes in calm and he compliments Finley for losing <laughs> some weight. I don't think that was meant as a backhanded compliment either. I think he was just saying, hey, you look good, kid. But uh, he tells him, I've changed too, so get ready. The next match was Yujiro, Jado, and Bad Luck Fale versus Uomura, Honma, and Kojima. And a pimp juice ends Uomura's night. But uh, none of these guys are in the second round of the cup. So we'll just keep moving here. Uh, Oh, funny. uh, Kojima recalls a large earthquake. I'm sorry. I don't mean the earthquake is funny. It just is something that returned last night. I'm not going to go through the semifinal stuff. I did watch it, but I won't mention it again. There was an earthquake. Um, But this one was a big one. Kojima recalls a large earthquake from 10 years ago. That was not funny. And back then, he was still fighting for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's proud to still be here and is as energetic as ever. Homer is sad for Uomura to lose in his hometown, and Uomura is, of course, too. He says someday he will return as a dominating champion. Uomura. Bushi, Naito, Shingo, and Sonata took on Show, Okada, Goto, and Nagata. Bushi takes a shock arrow for the finish. Um, and then trading pins makes last night um, make a bit more sense uh, just because I mean you've got to go all the way back to the last podcast of course for this but in that one um, it was pretty similar actually it might have been the exact same match and I just I think I made the comment that I wasn't sure why show pinned or why Bushi pinned show but um, that's the reason they're just they're trading pins here Uh, Obviously, kind of turning up a rivalry going into the best of super juniors. Bushi says afterwards he won't let Sho do that again. (laughs) Goto, you piece of crap, is how Shinko starts. He says he hit that Ushiguroshi again. He does not want to feel it again. He will hit Goto with it instead. Sho's happy to get a win in his hometown, and he wants to continue to steal the spotlight for the juniors. Nagata didn't think he would get the chance to face Sonata again so soon, but he is clearly excited about it. I feel like I probably should have set this up with the lineups, but um, just so we kind of know where we're headed with uh, all these rivalries. Um, so, real quick okay, let's do it. Great O'Connor versus Toru Yano. Jeff Cobb vs. Evil Kenta vs. Suzuki Shingo vs. Goto, Sonata vs. Nagata Zack Sabre Jr. vs. Osprey and Yoshihashi vs. Finlay and Jay White vs. Tanahashi is the final second round match so that's what we're heading toward and of course that's what's being set up in... These undercard matches in 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 mostly quite subtle and rather inconsequential ways, but we're going through it anyway. So the next match was Hanare Juice Tanahashi versus Chase Owens, Kenta and Jay White. And in this one, Owens taps to the Texas Cloverleaf from Tanahashi, of course. And uh, I guess he hopes that uh, Tanahashi doesn't want to travel to Texas because he certainly earned a shot at his title, but. And that Texas title is—I um, forget who said it. I think it was Finley said, mentioned in one of his post-fight interviews that uh, he, he believes that you have to go to Texas and, and fight for that belt in Texas in order for it to be a title change or you know a title match in the first place. So, um, and the fact that Finley isn't interested in doing that, it kind of suggests that Tanahashi, who isn't even sold on the title he holds now probably isn't going to be going to the trouble of heading to Texas. So I think Owens is safe for now. But after this match, uh, Jay remembers the dragon screw. He's like, oh, it's been a while since I've taken one of those. He thinks Tanahashi might look up to him as a role model and that he has, this is um Jay White on Tanahashi, has let his body slip a bit. And he tried grabbing his love handles. He's having a laugh about that, trying to give him a pinch. He would be happy to help Tanahashi with his training and his diet. Kenja makes fun of the fat cameraman. Oh, gee, some fat shamming in these interviews. Makes fun of the fat cameraman and uh, Okada's speech troubles some more. Uh, he says that he has been trying to annoy Suzuki on tri- uh, Twitter, but all he posts about is business. His business. I think it's got a, a fashion shop. When I was in Japan, I went looking for it, but I couldn't find it. I think it was... I don't know. I missed the sign. I ended up walking into some park of, uh, I think it was like an apartment block, and it was not for public access. And I got a security guard coming up to be telling me to get lost. I'm just looking for Suzuki's store. I'd like to buy a hat. Um. Anyway, he um, Kenta goes on his uh, oh his non sequitur is a surprisingly sincere message to those affected by the earthquake a decade ago. And then Tanahashi says he'll make his way back to the top with the Never Title, and Juice plugs his tag title match coming up uh, in Impact. That brings us to the first of the second round matches. Great Khan took on Toru Yano. And in this one I picked Khan. Oh yes, my picks! Oh yes, my picks. The thing is, I didn't... Um, I didn't really make, I don't think I really made proper picks. I did write them down, but then I realized, um, because at the, at the end of last one, I was like, oh, I should go through my picks for the second round. But I hadn't written them down, and it was already a long podcast, so I was like, ah, oh, forget it. Um, and then I realized, I'd already watched a couple of the first matches. Like, back then, I, I'd already watched this match, for example, but I um, I wrote it down on one of the boards I post on. So I, I did have a prediction. I had picked Khan. Um, anyway, they yell at each other first as the two best yellers in New Japan. Yano grabs a roll of tape. Khan allows, allows his hands to be taped behind his back. They yell at each other some more. Yano takes off a turnbuckle pack, takes a swing, but Khan ducks it and breaks free of the tape. So Yano runs away, more yelling, Khan tries luring Yano back into the ring for a match to begin. That'd be nice. Uh, He offers a pin, like a free pin, just lies down. But then later he picks up the King of Pro Wrestling trophy and that's what finally works. Uh, Gets Yano back to the ring. Khan uh, gets him in a head and arm choke for quite a while. He likes that one, the head and arm choke. And Yano fights back with some wrestling techniques and tries a few... ...of his more technical pins... ...Khan locks onto the face claw... ...but Yano powers out... ...then tricks Khan out of the ring... ...he ties Khan's... ...long hair plait to the barricade... ...and in order to escape... ...I don't know why he had scissors on him... ...but Khan... had. ...well I mean you know what... ...it doesn't make... ...it's not completely nonsense... ...because if you're ever going to bring scissors to a match... ...it'd be a Yano match... ...especially because he he does like using the tape... ...so it's actually... ...I mean the referee should have picked it up before the match... But, um, you know, when he was doing his pat-down. But still, it's not completely insane for Khan to coincidentally have scissors um, when his hair plait is tied to the barricade. So he takes him out, and he cuts his plait. He just cuts off a big chunk of his hair in order to get back into the ring. And of course, he's enraged by this, but Yano... I don't remember what the referee was doing. Not that it matters. Yano gives him a swift kick to the junk, rolls him up, and pins him to advance. So Toro Yano advances to face the winner of the, ma- the the next match here, Jeff Cobb and Evil, and Khan has given himself a haircut. And after the match, is understandably mad. He's got his severed lock in his hands. Yano calls this wing... Uh, this win. The power of the king of pro wrestling champion. Yes, the power. And then the next match. As momentarily. moment Stated moments ago. Jeff Cobb versus Evil. Um, basically in this one. Uh, Cobb wants a wrestling match. In the ring. And Evil wants a brawl. Anywhere else. And. There's, these guys kind of have to be led a bit I think someone's doing something upstairs it's um, so just I don't know didn't think it was a very interesting match to be honest so we'll run through it um, you know it's funny because it was here that similar to how uh, on the last podcast I at the end I, I kind of began realizing Jay White might be my favorite wrestler to watch right now Unfortunately, I think Evil might be my least favourite. Um, he doesn't even do that much cheating in this match, though. But it still isn't much of a interesting match. Um, and it's it's because it's, I mean, Evil could be that Macabre role, you know, of the last generation. He could be that Bruiser that's up there in the title picture. Um, you know, in the in the kind of rotation. With a little bit of Undertaker thrown in, in Evil's case. But um, I don't really know what they should do with him at this point other than drop Togo as soon as possible. Or at least just... I mean, it's not necessarily that Togo is bad at what he does or anything. It's just what he does is bad. So if he would stop doing all this, the garage and uh, just all the interference. I mean, all of it is just... Not really interesting. Um, deadlift superplex from Cobb is impressive. He's picking up Evil over the turnbuckle. That's pretty cool. He earns a two count for that. Um, when Togo does get involved, Cobb fights him off. But then during a spin cycle, Evil grabs the referee and knocks him down. So Togo comes back in with the garage. And Cobb throws Togo over one shoulder and Evil over the other for a double power slam. Another impressive feat of strength. The exposed turnbuckle is really overdone. But um, after surviving that, Yujiro, who was on commentary, distracts the referee. um, So Evil can low blow Cobb coming off that exposed turnbuckle and um, finishes him with everything is evil. So it's Evil that advances to face Toruano. And he calls that the power of Bullet Club. So I guess it's going to be the power of the King of Pro Wrestling champion versus the power of bullet club he will win the title for a second straight time the uh, the cup that means for the second straight time and take the title from Ibushi and then he will destroy the IWGP name and make his own title he says IWGP is a crap name um, he will destroy all of New Japan's history and he looks forward to facing Yano who he will destroy pretty yeah not not much of a start to be honest, but um, pushing ahead, the thirteenth in Aichi. Opening match: Toru Yano, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii versus Gabriel Kidd, Yodosuji, and David Finlay. And in this one, Yoshi he can't even get a young lion to tap to the butterfly lock, so he transitions to a double wrist lock and finishes Kidd off that way to win the match. Because he had Kid in it forever. It's just a hold. It's like a rest hold. Anyway, uh, Suji looks back on his campaign to gain a match with Naito and his lack of success has he's led him to an ultimatum. He says he wants Naito at the New Japan Cup final card or he will give up. He says he's watching those Twitter votes tick. That's still his plan. He's got 25,000 left to go on his 55,000 uh, goal. Twitter likes. Kid is not satisfied with losing this match after going 17 minutes with Zack Sabre Jr. in the first round, of course. Pretty good match, that one. And he wants to go back to Shibata's dojo. This guy's all over the place. He wants to go back to Britain and, and spread wrestling. He wants to stay in Japan and, um, you know, become a someone here uh as a you know get a part of the main roster he wants to be in the new japan cup he he wants to go back to shibata's dojo in la like he is all over the place i guess he just kind of it's almost kind of like just being in a i guess it is i mean this is his job but it's like being in a just a dead-end job and just almost just anything just get me out of here yeah, I mean all those young lions. I mean these three—Suji, Uemura, and um, Kid. I mean they—it's fair for them to kind of feel like they're pushed up against that glass ceiling right now, and they're they're, they're really ready for something to happen. Um, especially because they're just stuck in that in that New Japan Young Lion mentality where they have to take the pin and I don't like that by the way I don't really I mean I get that it makes it a big deal when they do beat someone and I kind of guess I get the mentality that the Young Lions almost out of respect kind of have this understanding that they maybe are the like I'm talking trying to talk in kayfabe like there might be just kind of like a keep the peace almost willingness to take the fall in a weird, kind of culty way, but you know, I mean just no one who's going to take the fall before the match, even if it's not an important match, which generally they're not involved in, of course, but I don't know, it's still contrived, and I don't like that. Anyway, um, we were talking about Suji. He wants to go back... Oh, sorry, no, Kid wants to go back to Shibata's dojo. And then Finley feels similarly to his partners. He wants to step up in New Japan, but his way of doing so will be to beat Yoshi. And uh, then Yoshi comes in. He remembers facing Finley when he was a junior, and he's got to beat him again. Khan, Cobb, Osprey, the United Empire, versus Doki, Zack, and Taichi. A large part of this match is Osprey against Zack, and that is pretty good stuff. Khan, of course, has now got new hair, a new hairstyle. He's let his hair out now, so it's kind of frizzy like his beard. Bit of a new look. He counters the Doki Choki with the claw, and eventually he hits him with the Eliminator for the win. <laughs> Zack. After this one, Billy Nomates has some new friends, a new group, but he's the same dickhead. <laughs> he is bigger and dumber than before, of course, in reference to his uh, muscle mass. And tai Chi says that of all the factions in pro wrestling history, the United Empire is the lamest. They have no goal. They have Baldy, Fatty, the girl they are trying to make famous, and the idiot Zack will beat tomorrow. Gosh. Osprey hears all of the taunts, I suppose, and he reminds Zack who took the British title from him. He thinks Zack's going soft. Cobb says it took three Bullet Club guys to beat him, and he needs to bring order to New Japan. And uh, Khan backs Osprey to win. The next match was Bushi, Naito, and Sonata versus Sho, Okada and Nagata. Sho thinks he is closing in on a win. Goes for the shock arrow on Sonata, but that's counted into the skull end. He resecures the same hold badly with the backflip off the middle turnbuckle. Takes Sho to the ground, and Sonata finishes him by submission there. Uh, not a lot of promos after this one. Nagata just says, see you tomorrow to Sonata. Jay White, Farley, Evil, versus Tanahashi, Hanare, and Juice. Hanare's doing well against Evil, until White intervenes and sets up evil for everything is evil and takes the victory. Jay gives Tanahashi his proposition about lying down uh, in person, but um, he does it in a rather unagreeable way. So backstage, Hanare thinks about putting his fist through a window, but he holds himself back, decides against it, just really frustrated with uh, how... He's going at the moment, of course, taking the pinfall again. Tanahashi thinks Jay is wrapped around his finger. He thinks his abs are coming back. He sticks out his belly. Um, It's kind of funny. Juice is still plugging the Impact title match. Uh, He does the math and figures that the match is about 12 hours away, so with a smile, he says he better get on a plane to Nashville right now. I don't know when that one was taped, but... Uh, White sticks his belly out too, only to mock Tanahashi though. He says Tanahashi, who he and Gato call Fat Boy, faces the greatest wrestler alive in two nights, and the man will go on, and that man will go on, to end the tyrant Kota Ibushi. And then Evil says that he's not worried about Yano's tricks, bringing us to... More second round matches. Kenta versus Suzuki. Uh, This kind of started a bit funny. Kenta's reading the newspaper while waiting for Suzuki's entrance. Because it does take a while. It's got that long intro before he even walks out. But um, he goes wandering away when Suzuki enters the ring. So Suzuki tries baiting Kenta back in with the paper. And eventually it works and we're off. Suzuki counters a GTS into a single leg crab. Uh, there's a, a really stiff open hand strike exchange that is rather extended and, and happens a few times Suzuki slips on a sleeper then continues with his strikes on a woozy canter only to have the gotch style pole driver counted straight into the GTS for the victory I didn't have a lot to say to this one but it was it was a pretty straightforward match in that you know they were just slapping the crap out of each other which was good not a bad one but uh, kenta advances here to face the winner of the next match after the match suzuki didn't want the goofy kenta he wanted the kenta that shows up or that showed up tonight and he wants to hit him some more kenta wins again so backstage with the fat cameraman he um recognizes his presence but he says it's not because you were here it's because of my own ability Kenta says it's his birthday. He asks the cameraman if he knew. The cameraman says yes, or he nods. Kenta asks him, well, did you get me a gift then? The cameraman says no. Kenta won't waste his time then. He'll go study his next appointment and and consider what it means to be in his 40s. I think he's asking a lot for the guy he keeps calling fat and kind of abusing to get him a birthday gift, but maybe that would have improved relations. The main event was Shingo Takagi versus Hiroki Goto. They start brawling around the ring, but it soon becomes a meat slapping battle in the ring. If uh, you don't mind me describing it that way. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, they just they just blast on each other. Oh, <laughs> that's not much better, is it? Um, uh, they strike each other with their bones, and... They, I mean, they've got a similar goal in that they're kind of trying to prove to the other wrestler which one's truly tougher. Shingo takes his least favorite move, the Uh But he gives as good as he gets with a made in Japan. And there's the last of the dragon attempt that's fought off. The forearms fire again with Godo coming off second best this time. Shingo takes too wide a swing... Though and Goto counters with a GYW, a reverse GTR follows and earns a two count. But the next attempt is turned into a roll up by Shingo for a two count of his own. Last of the Dragon resisted once again, and after the struggle, Shingo improvises with a GTR of his own. Then the pumping bomber lands next with full force, but still, Goto survives um, not for much longer. Last of the Dragon does come soon. He pulls it off, pinfall, Shingo Takagi advances, and will face Kenta. After this one, Shingo calls this revenge for his never title loss. Goto talks a lot of nonsense. Uh, This is still Shingo, he says Goto talks a lot of nonsense, but he is as tough as ever. He wants to go out in Nagoya, but the restaurants all close at 9 he thanks the fans for coming out to witness him take one step closer to Ibushi. And, oh, of course, this is on the mic. I didn't recognize. But this is Shingo on the mic after the match. Uh, and he, stands, he stares down the barrel of the camera. He tells Ibushi that he's coming for his neck. Pretty cool line. And then backstage, he admits it was another close match and that Goto's top notch. He notes his Takagi style GTR. And says his moves are like your smartphone. They update. Kenta is next. Uh, That'll be good. And he saw his... Oh, he saw his own match. This is still Shingo. He saw his own match with Tanahashi from January. One of the all-time great never title matches. And um, he said, while it was a good match, it's only winning that matters, and that's what he cares about. He knows the fans care about the match quality, but, you know, he wants to be winning. So... Shingo will go to sleep on his own when he faces Kenta. He won't be getting put to sleep. 14th of March in Amagasaki Memorial Park Gymnasium. Opener Yano, Yoshi, Ishi versus Kid, Suji, and Finley. Um, oh, and of course, Finjuice beat Gallows and Anderson. I think it was. I think it aired the night before this event um, yeah the 13th it was the night of the 13th so Finjuice are now the Impact Champions they beat Gallows and Anderson the Good Brothers I believe they called um, I'm not sure when that one was taped but uh, yeah it went out on the it was a pay-per-view I believe or at least you know a proper event I think maybe it was on their streaming service um, yeah I don't think it was actual pay-per-view but uh unsurprisingly, Finlay has not been hiding the belt in his bag since whenever that was taped, so he, he doesn't wear it out to the ring for this one. And uh, Yano just mucks around with the young lions. Ishii, on the other hand, takes a bit of a beating, actually, at the, at the hands of the young lions, but um, he knocks down Suji with a lariat, and that's the finish. Suji wants Naito, but he keeps getting beat. He recognizes. Finlay celebrates his title win, Recognizing that he doesn't have the title belt before, quickly moving on and talking about beating Yoshi. Yuomura just says he has to get stronger. Yoshi recognizes a lot of recognizing going on. Uh, title the title win of Finley, but he is a team champion, and tomorrow is a singles match anyway. Or that they both like they, they're both team. He's like, yeah, I get it. You're a team champion. I'm a team champion. Tomorrow we're facing in a singles match, so it doesn't matter. Next match, Kenta, Owens, Farley versus Doki, Suzuki, and Taichi. There's an awful lot of elbows exchanged between Kenta and Suzuki, so Kenta's still... Sorry, Suzuki is still very interested in in Kenta despite having lost their match. Uh, But Owens picks up the win here with a package pile driver on Doki. Don't run, Kenta! Excuse me. Suzuki isn't satisfied, is what he says. And Owens... Comes in to say he's the best Texas heavyweight champion of all time. Kenta wonders wonders where the fatty went. And he calls that Mizuki. Which is how Okada mispronounced Suzuki's name apparently. Asks him why he's mad. Because he already lost. Show him something new. Shingo Takagi's next. Or Shikagi Tango. As he speculates Okada might call him. Kenta. Kenta. Uh, So he can't stand Tango, he says, despite not knowing him well. He He just seems to think Shingo thinks that he's better than others and that he's probably shallow. And he doesn't like that he calls himself the dragon, even though he has in his name Hawk, which is Taka. Takagi, Taka is Hawk. So he's like, well, why would you call yourself the dragon when you've got Hawk in your name? It's like being called a Jack Russell and saying, my name is Cat. Lastly, he talks about seeing someone you know. This is his non sequitur. Seeing someone you know, but you don't know them well, and you see them coming toward you, and you don't know how to act. As in, you're not sure if you should stop and say hi, or just kind of give them a a smile, or just look away. And he just seems troubled by this scenario. Next match, Bushi, Naito, Takagi versus Sho, Okada, Goto. Bushi takes a shock arrow in this one. So that puts Sho 2-1 up over Bushi on this tour. And Sho really celebrates this one. He's up on the turnbuckles. Shingo, after the match, fought Kenta once back in the day and got sent to the hospital with the go-to-sleep. All he cares about is winning. Goto is upset, and while he accepts defeat, he wants a rematch. Sho says that this is his last day on the tour, and he's happy with how it ended, so that's why... Celebrated a, a little bit longer. He's going to go home for a little while. Jay White, Yujiro, and Evil took on Tanahashi, Hanare, and Juice. White challenges Tana to a pose down, and then as soon as he puts his arms up, he takes a grab at his flab. How rude. Tanahashi is clearly self conscious about it. It motivates Tanahashi to get up top and fly high, high fly flow on yujiro high fly flow on yujiro and he won white gives himself a strength test doing kind of like dips on one foot or on each foot and he passes his own test he says he's in better shape than Tana has ever been white is still ascending while tanahashi is descending he looks forward to yoshi and finley in the next round he recognizes Finley's recent title win, but he's surprised that he made it through the first round, and he'd be even more surprised to see him win again. Hanari enters and still feels defeated. Tanahashi comes in and says that he usually looks like this, and he can't like as in his current body shape, which he he's carrying a little extra. But uh, he says he can tighten up a little, and watching his progress will be enjoyable. He says that Jay reminds him of himself, showing off. Uh, how good he looks. You know, he, he remembers doing a lot of that. And he says it, it won't be the new J Pan Cup. When he locks in the clover leaf, it will be the new J Pan tap. And then he laughs to himself at how bad that was. Bringing us to more second round matches. This one is Sonata versus Yuji Nagata. They do the technical stuff. Uh, at the beginning, but Sonata's not really interested in being an old-age charity, so he stuffs Nagata on the outside with a pile driver. Just nasty. On the outside of the ring, I mean by that, so on the mat, but still. Bumps his head on the concrete. Not deterred, though, Nagata fights back with strikes and a very pretty butterfly suplex in lieu of an exploder when that doesn't work. But the exploder comes later, though it is uh, no-sold, basically, by Sonata, who hits a TKO straight away. The subsequent moonsault misses and they go back up on the turnbuckle. And Nagata is successful with an avalanche exploder suplex. Then the Nagata lock 2 is cranked on for a considerable amount of time before Sonata finally flicks his foot out for a rope break. The skull end goes on, but Nagata escapes quicker. It goes back on later, and Nagata begins to fade. Sonata goes to the turnbuckle and lands a less-than-perfect moonsault for the victory. I mean, Nagata's actions made sense in this one. He's kind of just, you know, the tough old dude who's still chasing success, but I don't really know what the story was meant to be from Sonata's uh, perspective. Like, he's just cocky and complacent, I suppose, that he... But, I mean, the fact that he... The, like, the pile drive on the outside, what was that about? If he was cocky, I don't know. It just, I don't know, I just couldn't... I didn't follow whatever story was supposed to be going on in this one, and it took away from it for me. But after the match, Nagata says he won't stop wrestling until he beats Sonata. But there's no comment from the winner. And our main event, this is a goodie. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay and it just starts a million miles a minute. There's a, there's a couple of big dives and an oscutter attempt within 20 seconds. Zach tries slowing things down to his pace. Osprey's response is to get a little nastier with his offense, but that's a dangerous game to play against Sabre, particularly when Osprey has that target on his shoulder in the form of medical tape. It's the obvious tactic, and Zach begins to hone in on it, that shoulder, with various holds. They move into the third act of the match with big moves starting to flow both ways. And it's only 15 minutes in. There's an Oz cutter that lands for two. A Stormbreaker's attempted and reversed into a pin. As far as I can tell, because um, uh, Osprey busts his nose open. And I think it was on a Lemistica that that Zach um, hit him with. And I, I just I think Osprey just didn't get his arms or, or hands down in time to brace. And he just took the full force of the fall with his face on the mat and um, busted his... You didn't see the blood until um, Zach hits a, a Zach driver. And then I think um, Osprey kicks out of that and Zach instantly transitions into a triangle. And then you can just see blood on... Uh, Zach's arms and and stuff Um, and then yeah when Osprey manages to lift Zach up he lifts him up onto the turnbuckle to get him off uh, but then ends up being thrown down um, or thrown off the turnbuckle into an armbar which was pretty cool but this is when you can actually see that yeah Osprey's face is actually pretty covered in blood so Zach completely winds him up on the mat and the with you know all his every limb being taken and, and pulled on and the crowd are gasping as the British champion is contorted in several directions until finally making it to the ropes. It looks like a kick cracks Osprey right on the nose again but he fires up and fights on. The elbow pad comes off but Zack counters. They trade kicks an Ozcutter is countered. Zack Driver countered into the Chelsea Grin which is that spinning back elbow to the back of the head. He's doing that now instead of the Hidden Blade, it seems. And then the Stormbreaker that follows after the um, Chelsea Grant. That's what ends the contest. And what a contest it was. This was a really good match. There were multiple elements to it. I mean, there's the discrepancy in pace between the two fighters, uh, the pace they wanted to fight at, the newly turned bad guy realizing that he wasn't on the same level as Nasty, or level of Nasty as his opponent. Because he, t- he tried to, uh, you know, start kind of cheating and, and, and using the elements and uh, doing that kind of stuff with Zach. And Zach's like, okay, you want to play that game? I know it better than you, kid. Um, and then there's just, yeah, Zach's realization that neither the pace of the match nor these dirty tactics are going to keep one of the great modern submission experts away from his shoulders. So, uh, basically, he just goes back to being a great wrestler himself. And... Um, also becomes a really gutsy performance because of the damage done to his face uh, with you know a considerable amount of the match left so um, yeah really good match a true challenge from Zach as well from uh, Four Will but both men really showed themselves capable of a main event match and um, brutality was the end result uh, yes, and the, for the aftermath, um, Red Shoes ties a cloth around Osprey's possibly broken nose to cover up the blood. Taichi tends to his fallen tag partner, and um, that's it for Suzuki-gun in the New Japan Cup. He was the final hope, but Osprey advances to face Sonata in the quarterfinals. Osprey lifts the cloth to speak into the microphone after the match in the ring to the crowd, he deserves a round of applause and he demands it, and then leads a chant of his own name, he says he's the greatest British wrestler that has ever lived, and everyone should put their New Japan Cup bets on him backstage Taichi says that they've gained something more valuable than the New Japan Cup, they will become a tag team again, Zach agrees, Taichi helps him up uh, <laughs> Zach, he's out of it he, pants a quick fuck you osprey on his way out um osprey is hiding all the blood from all the children that look up to him he says he says b will be devastated if his nose is broken and he needs reconstructive surgery because he's so handsome next event the 15th corakoon hall a return to the 17 fans in Coraco and Hall. Kenta, Ishimori, and Jado took on Doki, Suzuki, and Desperado. Despi's back. Normal mask. And uh, Doki gets another shot at Jado here. It's, um, it's a throwaway line from Kelly that I noted, but uh, he's like, maybe Doki and Jado can have a cinematic match. And I just thought that was funny. Jado toys with, Des- uh, with um, Doki. In this one, really. I mean, it's kind of odd that he really has Doki's number like this. But when Despie gets a hold of Jado, he makes him squeal with the numero dos. That's the finish. Suzuki and Kenta are too busy clobbering each other outside the ring to interfere. So, that's how that one went. Ishimori, after the match, said that he saw those two titles on Despie and he subtly suggests that figures into his plans on this tour. Kenta finds Fatty there again. He talks about Suzuki being obsessed and stalking him. Kenta saw Shingo's comments about sending him to the hospital and he says he will relive that pain. That Shingo will relive that pain. Suzuki takes Kenta saying it's over as the opposite. It's far from over, says Suzuki. Shizuki. Mizuki. Um, Despi says that he almost got killed and the referees need to pull it together. And then he wants to call out Gato and Jado. And, but Doki sees it coming and he tries to stop him. He's like, I've been begging for that match for ages. And um, Despi kind of, I don't know, he, I forget what he said to him exactly, but he basically just tells him to piss off and Doki's laughing about it. Suzuki Gun are the best on promos. It's, I mean, it just seems so natural, you know, but they're naturally entertaining. Um, yeah. Despi and Doki, that's a fun tag team. I, I don't know. I feel like if Kanemar is ready to hang the boots up, I'm not saying he should, but uh, these two are a funny little tag team. And um, anyway, so yeah, Despi just ignores Doki. He's like, shut up. Continues his challenge. He says, uh, you know, it shouldn't just be the challenges. He doesn't want to just be fielding challenges. He is the champion. He wants to challenge Gato and Jado. A classic junior heavyweight tag team, of course, one of the all times. And um, he says that Togo can even jump in as a substitute if they want. Togo once took the junior tag titles from Gato and Jato as a freelancer, at least once. Back in 2007. You can hear about it on my historical podcasts, which are coming up. I'm going to, I know I keep saying it next week. I'm pretty sure next week I have to do it because there's nothing else on I'm going to finish off New Japan Cup midweek you know whenever I can find the time to do it I've got a busy week actually but hopefully I can do it Um, I probably won't do it Sunday night but probably Monday night I'll get it out hopefully Um, I digress that was the end of that one Great Khan, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay take on Kanemaru Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. So Kanemaru's back. Not quite as exciting as Despy. No offense, Nobu. Osprey is looking a little purple and puffy in the face and he's not happy about it. Him and Zack continue their match from last night but the finish is Cobb hitting the Tour of the Islands on Kanemaru. So welcome back, bud. After the match, Taichi points out that Zack lost the battle to win the war. Just look at Osprey's face. He says that, again, they have gained something more valuable from this tournament than winning it. They talked it over, they've agreed, they're going to come back as a tag team. Zach and Taichi, they're coming back as a tag team, they'll be stronger than ever. Taichi suggests a drink, and Zach ardently agrees. Off for a whiskey they go. Osprey says his nose is broken, and it should be a disqualification if he hits hit in the face. Cobb's goal, once again, is order in New Japan. Khan wonders how Suzuki-gun can call themselves a gang. He says Taichi is so arrogant, and he tells Bushi to watch his back. There are many ways to skin a cat, and he doesn't need to win the New Japan Cup. Bushi, Sonata, and Takagi took on Taguchi, Nagata, and Goto. It's an automatic... Sorry. It's an atomic no it's not it's an atomic no it's not are you serious it's an atomic drop from Sonata on Gucci, that gains complaints after the Japanese leg roll clutch ends the contest via pinfall <clears> Taguchi <throat> feeling that his funky weapon uh, well perhaps uh, his front funky weapon rather than his rear funky weapon was illegally harmed in the atomic drop But uh, referee had none of it. Pinfall stands. Takuchi waddles backstage. Harmed. Nagata's frustrated. Goto is motivated. Shingo is interrupted by Kenta. He remembers a small fish that looked just like Shingo. This is Kenta saying so. And he brings up his point about... Takagi having Hawk in his name and calling himself the dragon. And Shingo looks genuinely called out for a moment. He's like, stop messing with me. It's a really funny interaction. Um, Shingo says something about Kenta being a dog. Um, like that's something to do with his name. Calls himself Fang. But he's... I don't know. I didn't really get that. I saw some someone... That probably knows Japanese better than me. Comment on it, and uh, I think it's uh, like the kanji. One of the symbols is the same as dog, and and um, Kenta kind of calls him out, like, no, that's you're misspelling that or missaying that, or I'm sure it would. It's probably it's something that would have been even funnier if you didn't need the subtitles if you could just understand them in Japanese, but um, I'm not quite there yet. That brings us to more second-round matches. Yoshihashi versus Dainley, David Finlay. And this was a match. This match took place as the semi-main event. There was a that, um the, the the fisherman buster that he kind of sits out on. Um, that's where, yes, Yoshi's best move, and I really like it. But stupid Finley does a stupid kick out. And then Khan is reversed into a, a stunner, which is done pretty smoothly in fairness, but then he goes for his dumb finish and actually wins the match, that like sliced bread kind of finish. Or the like sliced bread it's like a Spike Dudley finish. Like he goes up the turnbuckle and then into a stunner. Anyway, um so yeah, Finley advances to the quarterfinals. I forgot to talk about my picks, but I lost straight away because I picked Khan and Yano advanced. But <clears throat> Um, Finley in the quarterfinals. I didn't pick this one either. Um, he's in the quarterfinals of a tournament that involves real wrestlers and hopefully gets squashed by whoever wins the next match. Kevin Kelly says that he recovered from a torn labia as a young lion. He said labia. I'm pretty sure he said labia. All the best with your labia in the next round, Finley. Um, so, he will face the winner of the next... I oh, will I'll the comments after the match here. Uh, Yoshi was looking forward to facing Tanahashi when he saw the bracket, but Finlay was strong today. He's upset, but he won't give up. He would like to face Finlay again. Finley Finlay yells. He, he always yells. He would like to beat Jay. Yeah, kid, and I'd like a holiday home in San Sebastian. So, Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Kelly suggests Tana got fat to make Jay complacent that's brave can that be my excuse as well Jay certainly thinks he won the pose down with ease he tells Tanahashi to lie down and let Jay save both of their legacies so Tanahashi slowly complies but of course as soon as Jay gets close enough he quickly rolls him up White Santa man best itself in violence and aggression. Tanahashi takes advantage of Jay losing his cool by keeping his, but then Jay goes after Suji, and that's what lures Tanahashi in successfully. He has a go at Kid as well, just presumably for fun. Uh, White stays on top with more general nastiness but Tanahashi finds some favor with a low drop kick and a dragon screw. White tries a dragon screw of his own but Tanahashi refuses and instigates a fighting spirit forearm sequence. Tanahashi's winning until Jay changes the rules, goes back to grappling and isn't afraid to use the hair to make it happen. Akibi crushes counted into a twist and shout. They trade dragon screws but goes one up and then locks in the cloverleaf. White makes it out himself but that's when Gato gets involved though Tana had him scouted. He goes back to Jay after knocking out Gato and hits the sling blade before going up top. White hits the top rope. Unbalancing Tanahashi, there's a Blade Runner that's counted into a straight jacket German suplex for two. There's another cloverleaf attempt that's defended through uh, J thumbing, gouging at Tanahashi's eyes. There's a Blade Runner counted again, this time into an inside cradle for two. Then another dragon screw. Then White reverses that, countering the dragon screw into the Blade Runner. It was a cool counter, a cool finish. Tanahashi um, actually when he had the leg for the dragon screw it kind of gave White a bit of a, a taunting wave and you could say it was that touch of cockiness that could have done him in um, and uh, Kelly may have been right about Tanahashi trying to lull Jay into a false sense of security but when Tanahashi had the advantage he thought he had him and he couldn't help him stealth, couldn't help himself, he couldn't stick to the game plan, the old showman in him came out and Jay of course just as sharp as ever finds that tiny bit of space bit of room to move and takes full advantage of it so Jay advances to face David Finlay good match that one I mean um, yeah obviously like I said it would have, it kind of had that Tanahashi veteran cool calm collected right until the end Um, when you know it probably was the fact that on Jay's end he was just trying to rile Tanahashi up from you know pinching at his fat in the pre uh, in the warm up matches to during this match hitting Suji and and throwing Tanahashi around on the outside and you know uh, all this kind of using the hair all this kind of stuff getting under his skin and maybe that's what happened when Tanahashi had the advantage, he was like, he wanted to rub it in a little bit, and that's what cost him. So, yeah, good match that one. Jay told uh, Tanahashi to lie down to save everyone from the crazy man Ibushi, this is him after the match speaking to the fans, he mockingly congratulates Finlay for his tag win before comparing his to rare, oh jeez, before comparing his career to erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Oh man. He asked Tanahashi the Never, for the Never Belt because anything looks good around White's waist. That'd be an interesting one. White going for the Never Belt. Tanahashi won't give up, but he's very clearly disappointed. And White is <laughs> carried in by Yomora and Kid, not due to any uh, fatigue or injury, just due to ego. Yomora seems to be struggling with it a bit more than Kid is and uh, Jate's berating him for not holding him up properly but that's the end of that one moving on to the 16th I think there's any. yeah this is the final two here an hour in still in Korokun Hall Yuomura, Kid and Suji took on Tenzan, Nagata and Kojima youngsters versus dads Kid hits a brain buster on Nagata that wasn't far off but he can't hit the butterfly suplex that he tries to go to next and gets a bit too cute with a pose leading to an exploder. Tenzan removes Suji, who broke up that pin and Nagata finishes kid with the Nagata lock 2. Suji backstage says, uh, Tokyo Sports and the weekly pro wrestling magazines have both backed Suji's campaign to face an item in a singles match, as well as the idea of WGP World Heavyweight Champion Kota Ibushi himself has also uh, shared his Twitter post and backs him to get that match, so Suji says he won't give up. Kid's been watching old matches for inspiration, and he wants to defeat Nagata. I think he brought up a, a Shibata and Nagata match or something like that that he liked. Yuomura uh, wants to defeat them all Nagada says he can sense their desperation from these kids but that it's not enough to beat them Kojima says that they have the gods of pro wrestling behind them and the young guys will have, although they do have a lot to learn Hanare, Juice and Finley versus Farley, Owens and White, Jay tries messing with Dave but Finley has him scouted early on, you can tell they know each other pretty well um, and the finish to this one I mean, that, it, there it is again Jay uh, is just trying to get under these guys' skin because that could be the difference they could try to rub it in with a little wave, hesitate, pause and that's bang when Jay strikes but uh, it was Farley that struck in this one on, final, on, on Hanare he um, They, they, the, the two of them Farley and Owens tried that grenade launcher that they Came up with the move they came up with in the tag league, but Hanari got out of that, so it was just a playing grenade that ended up finishing him. Finley thinks White doesn't take him seriously, and he can't blame him given their record, but Finley believes the man Jay White beat has died, and this Finley has risen in his place. He envies White's success, but he believes that he's better than him, and he yells about that for a couple of minutes. Uh, Hinare is yelling too, but uh, after he says, after nothing but pain and defeat for five years, what has he got to show with it? For it, he's freaking out. Jay did not expect to be facing Fenley, but for the thirteenth time in a row, by his count, White will win. He will win the Japan Pan Cup, and he will win the IWJP title. Next one was Cobb and Osprey taking on Bushi and Sonata. Osprey begs Sonata not to hit him in the face before the match, and Sonata calmly agrees in kind of a like, okay, dude, fine, um, kind of a way. And he complies, really, for most of the match, but is not interested in playing by the rules, so Sonata ends up giving him a well-earned lesson, grabbing his nose, kind of giving him a slap in the face. Meanwhile, though, the tour of the islands. Surprise, surprise. bushi takes the fall. Will is more worried about his nose than the match, though. He yells at Sonata. He calls him a liar. He's, like, in his face through the ropes. Sonata's on the outside. Osprey looking at him through the ropes from in the ring. And Sonata just slowly raises his middle finger right in Osprey's face. (laughs) Um he that's that's a funny dynamic those two because osprey's really over the top like you would not want to be around that guy he's just loud and obnoxious and sonata's a complete opposite and just that was just perfect osprey's just going on talking his rubbish and just a slow unfurling of that middle finger <laughs> right and osprey's angry red face red and blue and black it is at the moment um, so in the backstage comments here Sonata in English just stops by to say that he does not care about Osprey's face Osprey enters and of course is irate he, about the, uh, the gentleman's agreement being breached Cobb says he isn't going to yell he hasn't got any witty lines he just has one goal and that is the New Japan Cup which he is not a part of anymore he didn't say that part. He just said that's his goal, the New Japan Cup. You're not in the New Japan Cup, Jeff Cobb. Oh, but then he says if Osprey wins, that they all win. So he's piggybacking. Quarterfinals. Oh, quarterfinal time. Did these get done in just two matches or two cards? I guess yeah. There's only four matches, right? Eight guys, four matches. All right. So Evil and Yano was the first one, and isn't this just guaranteed to be a classic? Fuck me, Yano uses the spray. Oh yeah, I just noticed this. I don't know how long he's been doing it, or maybe he does it here and there, or maybe this is the first time. But I just noticed that when the referee was doing his pat down, Yano uses that disinfectant spray. Like you know, I've seen him before. You know, make the referee wash his hands. Like I've seen that, but he he kind of really fought the referee away with it. Like he just kind of the referee didn't really give him much of a pat down. And I just thought that that was a a funny, interesting little way of him telling the referee to piss off because, of course, he's got stuff hidden in his pants. Um, well, he usually does. Let's see. Uh, so in this one, Yanu leaves the ring at first and he demands that Togo leave before he was he's to, to reenter enter So the referee actually enforces this, but straight away, as soon as Togo gets down off the apron, he begins to count out. So he's not really interested in mucking around, and good on him. So Yano gets back in, and Evil throws him out, right to Togo, who puts the boots to him. So that didn't do him a lot of good, asking Yano out. And the the match finally gets going once Yano returns to the ring uh, via Togo. And, I mean, as for as much of a match as it is. When, the, when it goes back outside of the ring, it's at Yano's behest this time. He knocks the choky chain from Togo's hands and uses it on Evil. The referee is looking at anything other than the participants in this match, so he gets away with it. Yano throws Evil under the ring and leaves him in, under there to be counted out. But then, this was kind of fun. I think it got to 18... And then the lights went out, and of course, the referee. You know what? I was about to make fun of it, but in fairness, the referee should not continue the count if he can't confirm that the ref, that the the player, the the fighter, the wrestler is actually still outside of the ring. So he can't see. He can't see that evil's outside of the ring. So in fairness, he would have to stop the count. So uh, it's just it's black for a while. I don't know five ten seconds. And then the lights come back and Evil's standing behind Yano and Yano turns around and is hit straight away. Everything is evil. And for a moment I was like, wow, is evil going a little further toward the Undertaker gimmick? That's, I mean, at this point, any change in evil is a good thing. So I was kind of excited. But then walking back with a big grin on his face was Togo walking back to the ring because much more realistically, uh, he just... He found the light switch and used it to his advantage. So... I mean... It's the match you expect the match to be, I guess, but... At least at least they're generally... For what they are, they're, they're kind of creative. I can appreciate that. You know what? It's not my least favorite evil match. That's for bloody sure. Because it's pretty quick and it's kind of just... Silly, so all the silly stuff that he does I don't mind it as much because you know I mean I wouldn't want evil being a comedy wrestler, but it'd be again like that 'd be better than what he's doing now, just because what he's doing now is in it's ruining what should be really good matches, and they're proper matches they're supposed to be serious matches so um we'll get more of that evil's in the semi final there were no promos after that one. the main event was. Shingo Takagi versus Kenta. Um, and of course, due to evil success, this could be an all-bullet club semi-final on this side of the bracket. It's a slow start to this one, but Shingo gets it going to um, just kind of by inviting some Kenta kicks only to counter and then uh, with a slam, but Kenta rolls away. Again, Shingo tries to keep the match moving, but this time after exiting Kenta grabs the ring bell and pops Shingo in the head with that. So now Kenta is... Now he's interested in interacting. He does a good job at uh, neutralizing Shingo for the next chunk of the match, which, as far as storytelling goes, is good. But, honestly, as far as the recent Shingo matches go, in terms of entertainment, it kind of struggles. In in fantasy, of course, that's a really high bar. But, you know, yeah, it was alright for a while. And... uh, then Shingo makes his comeback, including a similar little kick to the head that Kenta's famous for, that, you know, when he jumps over him and kind of pops him in the face, Shingo does... He doesn't do it like that, but he kind of does something similar to that. And then he... Kenta hits him with a DDT, and Shingo just stays there. Just stays there with his head on the mat, Um, and Kenta's still there. And then all of a sudden Kenta realizes that he's the one being held and Shingo lifts him up from the mat deadlift and throws him all the way over with a suplex that was pretty cool, I haven't seen that before Kenta grabs um, or gains back the advantage going for the game over but Shingo scrambles away from that one the drop kick in the corner lands, the double foot stop does not though so uh, but there's still the maintain. Uh, he still maintains momentum kent, too, he hits a draping DDT before a successful double foot stomp for two made in japan is counted into game over that's locked in uh he shingo manages to scrape his leg to the ropes for the break though and um it's in, you can tell you can tell at this point shingo's really kind of he's he's low energy kent has done a really good job of grinding him down um but shingo pops back up from a tiger suplex and pounds Kenta with a clothesline and then a forearm battle follows to try and wake Shingo up there's a main in Japan that ends uh, in a two count Shingo's, oh that ends the forearm battle, he goes for main in Japan Shingo's left arm is in trouble because of how the game over was secured earlier It was kind of twisted up but uh, he hulks up, he clashes into Kenta again Though now it's Kenta who stands strong, so they're striking again. It's one in devastating fashion with a knee from Kenta, followed by the Boo Psycho knee for two. Go to sleep's attempted, but is caught and counted into a pop-up DVD. Pumping Bomber could have easily finished it, but Kenta still has a bit of life left until moments later when Last of the Dragon finally keeps him down. So, uh, revenge for the chat about his name being wrong, I suppose, from Shingo. Uh, This one took a while to get going, but it was pretty good um, in hindsight, despite the bell shot. So Shingo Takagi faces Evil in the first semi-final of the 2021 New Japan Cup. Uh, After the match, Shingo says he just wants to talk a little. He thinks the New Japan Cup's actually tougher than the G1. He acknowledges his next opponent, who invites himself to the ring. Shingo asks that the fans applaud Evil on his way out. And then he asks if he has something to say or if he's going to do something. But uh, Togo low blows Shingo from behind and they both put the boost to Shingo. Evil picks uh, him up and he and Togo together give Shingo the magic killer and then Evil takes the mic and says that he talks too much. He's out of line and Evil will go back to back as New Japan Cup champion. Backstage, Kenta blames the cameraman for his loss. He hopes that the cameraman doesn't tweet about him because they aren't in a relationship and he doesn't want to be followed Kenta acknowledges revenge has been dealt but he also got his own revenge on Suzuki that revenge of course he's referring to is uh, Shingo was talking about how he lost a match to Kenta way back when in Noah I assume it was in Noah and um so Kenta wishes Jay and Evil well for Bullet Club in the in the tournament and uh, he ends it with saying that Yoshihashi's ugly. That's awful. And then Evil says that he sent Yano into the abyss. He has said his piece to, to Kagi. He will seize the title from Ibushi and change its name. And that leads us to the final card of the quarterfinals. Twin Messes Shizuoka opener was Yuomura versus Gabriel Kidd in a singles match uh, Gabe took this one with the butterfly suplex and afterwards says he's back on track but the he comments on the pathways of Yuomura and Suji. he says he wants to see them go on excursion he thinks they deserve it he admits he might be out of line in saying so but he wants to move up too he feels like he's proven his worth so once again he wants something else he wants to go on excursion now he wants to go on excursion he wants to go to the LA dojo he wants to stay in New Japan he wants I mean you know he wants to go to Britain and and spread British wrestling. A hundred goals this kid has. Next match was Khan Cobb and no Khan and Cobb versus Suji and Nagada. Suji throws some big granite powered elbows on Khan, but Khan catches one of them, nearly gets an armbar, then jumps on top himself and lands some big elbows and does some claw choking. Um, the match goes a while longer, but Suji ends up taking the eliminator. Backstage, Nagada tells Khan to try and beat him rather than Suji and. We'll meet him again soon. Suji reflects on the United Empire offer back when uh, at the start of the tournament. He said he turned it down because he didn't want to fight dirty, but having seen Khan beat Naito, he thinks maybe he would have had his chance at Naito if he did join. Having said that, he does not re- regret the decision. He'll find his own way. Uh, he just needs 21,000 more likes on Twitter. Cobb asks the press if they watch the match. Cobb asked the press, the people there, the cameramen, the reporters, he asked them if they watched the match, that they are there to cover. He's better than his mates. Actually, he's not better than Khan, he's better than Osprey. Because at least he's funny bad, is my opinion. At least he's funny bad. He says that uh, he will deliver, or the Empire will deliver order to New Japan. This is his new thing, that New Japan needs order. Which, I mean, I actually don't agree, I, I don't disagree with that. I doubt we have the same idea of order, but... Anyway, Khan lets Suji in on a little secret. That even if he had have turned on Tanahashi, they still would not have welcomed him into the United Empire. He also addresses rumours that Ibushi's not in a good state of mind. I haven't heard about that. Khan says he... Should just relinquish the title to Osprey and then face the penalty for lowering lowering the value of New Japan. Khan used to be his only mate. He was the only one defending him, and now he's he's kind of against him too. So, I I, I suppose that's um, Ibushi's issue that um everyone's against him. Next match was Kencher and Bad Luck Fale versus Hanare and Juice Robinson, and uh, Hanare seems to be there to get beat up, but. If you've been ta- paying attention to his promos, he is proper fed up with this. He, he dodges a grenade in this. When he kicks Vale in the head, he begins a short comeback, but it ends his, um, with a grenade just a, a couple minutes later anyway. And um, what's interesting about this one is, so, well, like I was about to say, so Hinare, he's been really passionate, emotional, um, disappointed, frustrated. In his angry, in his post-match promos, uh, and he's really losing the plot, and he loses again here. And Juice just walks straight out. He's clearly pretty unimpressed, but like he's jumping off the apron as like the third hand count comes down. Um, doesn't check on Hanare you know, doesn't help him out of the ring or anything, just goes, alright, we lost, bye. And again after this match, Hanari's just, he wonders how much further he needs to fall. And he wonders why Juice didn't stick around. And he thinks the fans weren't there for him either. I see how it is, he says. So, um, Hanari's a There's always these guys that kind of get caught in these young lion spots. They've graduated, but they never actually get really any further than where they were as young lions. And um, that might be even more frustrating than Suji, Kid, and Yuamura's position. Where at least they have that light at the end of the tunnel where they're supposed to go on excursion or something. But Hanari's already done that. He's already graduated. And yet he just still isn't getting anywhere. And um, it seems he's realizing what I talked about with Suji and Tanahashi. Last week, when I was talking about those first round matches, and how and I just mentioned it before, how Khan was trying to lure Suji into turning on his mentor. And how that can benefit Suji, um, and I mean, like I said, he was just talking about it. How that could have benefited me. He's like, I could have got that match with Naito by now if I had joined. And it's sort of just, it, 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 when it builds like this, it makes a lot more sense, and I think it's stronger because when you do like WCW turns. And there's just guys turning on guys for seemingly no reason. And then after the fact, just being like, well, you know, this happened and this happened. But there was no real foreshadowing. So it's kind of shallow. And you just think, well, that guy's a dick. Why would he turn on him for that? You know, you know, why didn't he talk about it all? You know, it just, it doesn't really make sense. It's not how people act. This is how people act. They slowly get ground down and frustrated and and just until the point where they can't take anymore and something has to happen and you're at that stage where you feel like you've tried everything else and you've got no choice but to just do something drastic good people can do bad things when they're pushed into a corner so where Hanare is headed I'm not sure but I like Hanare and I would like to see him given a bit more meat on the bone so to speak Um, give him something to work with Um, bullet club is pretty full he's obviously got that Kiwi connection with Jay Um, and you know I mean the uh, Polynesian boys I'm sure all get along they're not from the same island but I'm pretty sure Hanare is Maori 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 and well well, obviously the Tongan uh, the other guys are Tongan but um, other than that I mean the United Empire I guess is another option I don't really see exactly where he fits in there Um, but you know at least that's more room to breathe rather than just being another guy Suzuki-gun uh, I don't know if that really is a fit but it'd be a good way to learn promos being around those guys anyway oh jeez this is just as long as the last one let's move along here I haven't even got to the main matches Evil, Owens and Ishimori face Bushi Naito and Takagi while Takagi and Evo uh, Let's start again. While Takagi and Evil and Togo keep each other busy, Bushi and Naito work in perfect sync to take out the other two. Naito finishes Owens with a destino. Shingo and Evil exchange words for some time after the match. Evil tells Takagi not to step out of line when speaking to him. Shingo tells Evil, enough of the cheap tricks. He knows he's capable of a proper match and even if Evil doesn't want one, he should be ready. So, here we go. New Japan Cup quarter final, Jay White versus David Finlay. Finlay keeps Jay White out of the main event. So, um, the history here, just quickly, David Finley started in New Japan a few months after Jay White and a few months later, they tagged together, or after tagging together a few times, they had their first match against one another. Or at least, the first match that I could find. It was uh, the first and hopefully the last time Finley ever beat White. And on my count, there was 11 meetings as per cagematch.net. One of my favorite sites. Shout out! Uh, and it was about three years ago for the IWGP US title. Uh, Jay White, of course, retaining there. Kelly might have the same source because these guys have been talking about 12 wins. So that's 13 matches. Um and Kelly couldn't find a couple of those other matches either. they did work together in the in the u k before going to new Japan, so maybe it was an unreported match or two or two there um in any case the it's lopsided in jay's favor white tries to get under Finley's skin and uh He laughs it off at first. And uh, when his first go-to wind-up strategies don't work, he starts using the elements on the outside of the ring to gain the advantage instead. When the match returns to the ring, Finlay tries to counter the onslaught, but Gato nips at his heels. Juices at ringside, blowing up, but he really should be able to manage that situation better. Gato later is a visual distraction for Finlay, just allowing White a bit more time to recover and once again, Juice is absent there. It happens again. And, uh, more... Uh, more of an impact made, uh, this time from Gato, so... Because uh, uh, as Finley entered the ring, um... I think Gato grabbed him and... Finally, Juice makes himself useful, carries Gato out of the arena on his shoulders. Jay maintains the advantage regardless of this, throwing a double leg crab on. For old times' sake, the older uh, Young Lion move. White strings together, offense, but he looks a little lost without Gato, kind of looking to the back for advice that's usually at hand. And the hesitation allows Finley a chance back into the match in the form of a Blue Thunder bomb. He thinks about his finish, but instead is flung into the corner by Jay. They are at that stage of the match, trading attempts at their best moves, both aware of what's coming, or so it seemed. Prima Nocta. Uh, I think it's Prima Nocta. Or, I've heard it called the acid drop as well. I don't know if they're two different moves. But, Finley's jobber, spike Dudley finish lands and pins Jay White out of nowhere. Finley gets in his face with I told you so's, while Jay just looks shocked, and uh, so am I. If he had a stronger looking finish, or a trickier finish, I think I would have liked this more. But... Jay just going down to one of those moves... Doesn't make sense to me. Um... I mean... They built the elements of complacency... Well... As a a story... And psychologically speaking... It was a good match. I just think... It's not... Like it just... It doesn't look like a finish. It just... Look, it just made Jay look a bit weak that he got pinned by it because it didn't really come off to me as. I mean, I get that it was a surprise, but he still could have kicked out and been surprised. Yeah, it it was a good match though. Um, I just yeah that, it's just Finley, Finley's move sucks is kind of the issue with it, I guess. Although I guess you know, it also you you, you could say well it's a stunner and it's off the top rope. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin's finish weak, Jim, huh? Whatever. Apparently 99% of people chose White to move forward in this match from the picks, and uh, of course I was amongst them, so good for Finley. whatever my opinion of him may be. He advances to the semi-final to face the winner of the next match. But uh, after this one, White collapses on his knees backstage and he's speechless at first and then confused and he's almost trying to wake himself up. He begins laughing as he realises that he actually lost to David Finley. He congratulates Finley on being able to surprise him, the 12-2 and 2 record that now stands according to White's count. He um, He thinks that doesn't matter. He's like, look at... He's, he's no longer, I guess it, the, the tournament's no longer the new J-Pan Cup. He's he's still kind of joking about it, but the funny side begins to fade and White considers how this, how this affects his legacy or his picture of what his legacy is meant to be. He thinks that this is another wrong to correct, like he did with Ishii. Finley's back for some I told you so's. He says that he beat Chase and Yoshi, just like he said he did, or just like he said he would, but it's not like that's really quite as large a prediction as saying you beat White. He treats it like it is, and tells us, well, now you should believe him, he's winning the New Band Cup. Well, he better bloody not. At least he kept this promo short, though. He didn't yell too much either, so not too bad. Will Ospreay versus Sonata is the final final quarterfinal, final quarterfinal, Final match on this podcast here at a bloody hour and a half in. Jesus, glad to see Osprey, um, uh, or an Osprey style opening to this match rather than a Sonata start. Osprey will want to keep it that way with his bad shoulder and bruised face, but he's not able to. Sonata even pulls Osprey's face up in the Paradise Lock, uh, sending him face first into the turnbuckle pad with a drop kick. The match moves ahead quickly with a Stormbreaker nearly the result of a counter. Then Osprey moves out of the way of a salt to hit a Spanish fly. A Tiger Suplex the other way gains a two count. That's from Sonata. I don't know if I don't pay attention to Sonata matches enough, but is that Tiger Suplex new? Or relatively new? I don't remember him using that very much before. I do like a Tiger Suplex. Off the elbow pad comes at about 15 minutes in. Chelsea Grin was the idea, but Sonata spins out of the way. The Ozcutter is trapped with the skull end, but Osprey was ready for that too at first, Um, but then it's slapped back on after one of Sonata's superfluous backflips. Sonata takes him down, and Kelly notes the hold is on the side of the injured shoulder. Will goes out, and Sonata goes for the Moon Sultan. Lands on Osprey's knees. He goes for the Ozcutter again, but this time is followed by Sonata, and it's counted into the Japanese leg roll clutch. They are just going move for move now. The Oscutter finally lands, but only for a two-count. Chelsea Chelsea Grin lands. Stormbreaker lands. Sonata falls. I looked up the Chelsea Grin stuff. It's, um... Or the Chelsea Smile. It started as the Glasgow Smile, or... that's a That's a pretty nasty looking. That's a nasty way to treat someone, isn't it? You like cut the sides of each Well, I read it on Wikipedia they said, well you cut about an inch on each side, at the corner of their mouth, and then you torture them so they scream and then that makes their face rip open more. How awful's that? Jesus. Graphic. Sorry. I hope there's no kids listening. Um or at least they're, you know, strong stomached kids. That's what the Joker from The Dark Knight has a Chelsea grin not much of a look um, promo oh you're clapping for me you're clapping for me now are you Ospreay's saying I heard you clapping for Sonata because they've got different ry- rhythms it's like Ospreay oh, Sonata so it's sometimes it can be hard to tell which side the fans are on but it was three claps to two Ospreay's on to him he knows they weren't cheering for him he thinks he's the most talented wrestler alive he will prove it again by beating White Then he realises Finley won. Then he starts laughing. He's like, that's a nice fairy tale. But this is real life and Osprey will defeat him. The real test will be... The real test between these two will be a cringy promo battle. That's just my take. Backstage Finley says... um, Oh no, sorry. Osprey says that finally Finley's dad has something to be proud of his kid for. He says they're about the same age but there's a large gap between them and accomplishments. He admits that he isn't that smart outside of wrestling, but Finley, he asks Finley, would it be worse to be that that stupid or be worse to be beaten by someone that stupid? And he's got a big grin on his face, like he's inferring that the loss would be worse, but there's no doubt in my mind that I would rather lose a single wrestling match and not be stupid. But I mean, look, he admitted he was stupid before he posed the question, so give him a break. Speaking of giving people breaks, um, I mean this post is already up uh, <laughs> on on Reddit. I posted on Reddit about David Finley because I have already watched the semi-finals, as I mentioned, and I'm not going to go into it now. But I don't know if you read that post and you listen to this, you might be kind of confused because I was positive about Finley in that post, and. Um, I've not been too positive here have I because I wanted to represent myself properly I write these notes as I watch the matches that's how I felt about Finlay then and I didn't want to pretend that I knew all along that Finley is pretty friggin' good or at least he pulled off quite a performance um, like I said that Jay White match was good the next one coming, I was I was really impressed by. But um, but look, I, I wanna I wanna be called out, you know, I wanna be called out for being a dummy, and teasing him all this time, because yeah there's more of a payoff that way, right? You know, I was wrong. I'm 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 not afraid to own that. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. His promos are bad, and he is. Well, look, I described it in the post. He looks like a jobber. He acts like a jobber. He wrestles like a jobber. He his promos a jobber promos, but he's a talent. He's a talented dude, man. He's a really talented guy. He's a good wrestler. But I'll leave it at that. Um, that's to come shortly. Those matches. Well, the semi-final matches have happened already. My time, but uh, well, everyone's time. We all live um, in the same dimension, I think. So finals of tonight I'm pumped pumped for it should be a cool card I wonder if uh, Suji gets Naito but I'll come back and talk about the semi-finals and that final card then because I've talked enough for today thank you very much for listening I don't know where you're listening to this maybe it's YouTube maybe it's Spotify maybe it's one of the Anchor is one of the other ones but I'm going to put all the links everywhere Um, not everywhere. Sorry. It just in each of the posts. So wherever you listen to this, you can go find it somewhere else. Even though I've got a really ugly picture on YouTube that everyone hates and clicks out of it's staying there for now. I'm just glad that I've got audio only options that maybe look a bit more professional and, um, Hey, who knows? I might get a webcam and you can Look at my stupid, ugly face as I do these things. Because I do them in one take anyway. I mean, not that it matters. I mean, you watch these YouTube kids and they just... They can't get through a sentence without cutting the thing up three times. But um, not really my style. Uh, Not my style to have a bunch of followers. (laughs) Kind of more and more. More my style to be a loser. But, um, hey, that's me. Got to be yourself, right? Be yourself, everyone. Um tell me about yourself. Tell me about what you thought of these matches. Comment on it. Wherever you're listening to it, I like hearing from you. So um thanks for that. Oh and you know, if you like it subscribe, but whatever. Thanks for listening. Until next time have a good one.